Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles. I don't know about you, but working with people can be really challenging sometimes. Whether it be you know structural elements within your organization or your ministry, working through personal conflict, or just trying to figure out how to get everybody on board with your company or church culture. My guest today is Pastor Chad Veach, founder of Zoe Church and author of new book, Help, I Work with People, Getting Good at Influence, Leadership, and People Skills. I think this is going to be one of those conversations that is able to help a lot of people because let's face it, at some level, all of us work with other people. You know, we all have our own issues. And one of the things that Chad brings up in this book is that the most challenging person you're ever going to work with is yourself. And I think the moment that we can embrace that wisdom from him and really begin to apply some of these principles to our life, the sooner we're going to have a roadmap to being able to help lead and influence those on our teams. So you're going to love this interview. We dive into it. I just felt like we clicked really well and had a lot of concepts to talk about. So all my pastors out there, business owners, entrepreneurs, get ready, grab a notepad. You're going to want to write down some of these things. But before we get to it, here's a word on our sponsor. This episode of the Lucas Miles Show is brought to you by Cove. Visit covesmart.com and use promo code Lucas, that's L-U-C-A-S, for all of your home security needs. And now my interview with Chad Veach. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm Lucas Miles, and I am here today with pastor, author, extraordinaire, Chad Veach. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I like that you're in your sound booth, a.k.a. Yeah, your car. Is- AKA my shield from my children. <laughs> it, it, it's the perfect bubble in this coronavirus quarantine season. It protects you against everything. You know, our theme right now is help. I had too many children. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we're, we're chatting about leadership. We're talking about your new book, Help. I work with people. Um, which the subtitle is Getting Good at Influence, Leadership, and People Skills. Don't you wish that like we just all came with that hardwired in pre-programmed, <laughs> right. like it just was always there? Wouldn't that be a little bit easier in times like this if everyone was like, you know what? I want to relate with others and I want to listen and I want to be respectful. That would be very convenient. <laughs> I always say to be a leader is to be misunderstood. I mean, it just oh. kind of comes with the territory. Do you find that's true? Well, you know, in, in Jesus, you know, who is the greatest leader ever, right? He he was so misunderstood. Why is he eating with those guys? And who, you know, is he a glutton or a wine bibber? You know, <laughs> just if they miss it, Jesus is like, by the way, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. <laughs> right, right. Yes, and I've, I've, uh, I've experienced the ups and downs and all, all the rounds of leadership and, and working with people. Uh, and I know uh, I'm sure you have too because you got the book about it. So let's right. talk a little bit about, you know, um, what, what, was the, what was the inspiration and why did you feel like this book was needed right now? Well, I really felt like it was time to write a leadership book. People had been encouraging me to do that. And I just thought if, I, if I'm going to write about leadership for the first time, I want to write about what I think leadership is about. And it's about others, serving others, adding value to others, empowering people, equipping people. So I wanted to write about my favorite thing in leadership, in life, 
it's people. People make a place. And it's only been proven in the midst of COVID that it's not buildings that make an organization yeah. or for us a church. It is the people that make a place. And so I was really excited to take a stab at my version of how to win friends and influence people and, just, <laughs> you know, give it, give it our best go. I, yeah, I, I think that's huge. And, you know, a lot of the new generation, they, like the book you just referenced, they don't even know that's a book. You know, they, they've not even seen that, you know. And so bring, being able to bring that message of, you know, my church is called Influence Church. There's no I. It's just N-F-L-U-E-N-C. And I mean, that idea of influence, if we can't influence people within the four walls of the church and, you know, in, in business, you know, environments and all of these things in media, et cetera, you know, we're not going to get very far with this message that we're that we're out here peddling a little bit, you know, about this gospel. You know, it would be so, you know, safe just to stay in the temple and, you know, sing Kumbaya. But <laughs> last time I checked, Jesus is like, hey, a light that, you know, we don't hide the, the lamp, you know, underneath the couch or, you know, a city on a hill can't be hidden. We're supposed to be salt and supposed to be light. And that's re referring to influence, being an influence in the world. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, on this book, I want to just point this out because I thought this was unique. You, you've divided it into three parts. And so um, this first part, you say it focuses on you as a leader. Uh, the second part is really on developing people skills, which I think everybody should read twice. And, and the third part is on this practical uh, the side of really leading and addressing teams. You know, what, what, uh, you know, why is it laid out like that? And how have you found that that's been helpful for people so far? Well, I just, I think that about God, he's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. So we tried to write the book in order. You know, we, God doesn't say like, okay, I'm going to make you really good at leading teams. And then once you master that, let's, let's try to focus on yourself after that. I think it's always in order. Leadership always starts with me. And I think that's why the majority of the book is about getting over my trauma, my hurt, my issues, my inability to apply the knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So we really tr are trying to focus on the first section of leading ourselves well, because leading others is really easy if I first learn how to lead myself. And then, of course, getting finally, lastly, to the leading of the groups, the teams, uh, the family, whatever that unit may be. So we just try to write it in the order of how I see leadership. I love that. I love that. I want to talk a little bit about this idea of uh, systems and, and sort of the back inside of leadership. I find that, um, you know, when we're talking about people, it's everybody gets really excited. And then when you start trying to lead people into developing systems within a framework, that's where I see some of the, uh, a lot of times second tier leaders within an organization start struggling. You know, how do you, and, and, you know, those systems are there for a reason. They're there to help people and reach more people and all of these things. How do you keep people motivated about the end goal of reaching people, you know, when they're looking at the system side of that? Have you have you dealt with that at all? Of course. Yeah. And I think, you know, systems are incredibly important just as the as the body, you know, has a skeleton structure without our bones. We'd have no body. And so we need systems in our organization. They are like the bones to the organization. And so. Um, it's very critical, but we talk about three things constantly, and that's vision, values, and then standards or systems. And so in order to keep the whole ecosystem going, we got to always keep our eyes on the vision. we got to always double down on what we value. And then we always have to have great systems. The systems are what deliver the vision. 
you know, heard someone say, if you don't like the results that you're getting, that means you don't like the system that you have. That's good. Because your systems are perfectly designed to deliver the results you are currently getting. So if you don't like your results, you don't like your systems. So we got to always keep those three in mind that it's about having clear vision, great values, that our values drive our organization, and our systems deliver the result or the vision that we first started with. That's good. That's good. So, uh, you know, you have all sorts of stories in this book and, and you know, different uh, uh, little parables that you put together. Is there maybe one or two that really stand out to you that you feel like really encompasses, you know, the message here? Yeah, all the sports ones, you know, <laughs> just like you know, you're going to struggle one. this year. I'm just telling you, you're going to struggle this year. Yeah, but it's the golf. It's the Russell Wilson and LeBron example. It's, you know, all the sports one are my favorite ones. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about your influence because, you know, there's a lot of people who write leadership books and, you know, you're you're in a space where you are influencing influencers. And I, I always try to set this up that, that you know, everybody has a sphere of influence and some people's sphere of influence is bigger than others. And, you know, it's about really being faithful with the space that you're in, but you're working with some very high level, you know, people and interacting with that, um, you know, and that has, I'm sure has made you have to up your game you know, with, with what you're doing, how, what have you learned from, you know, working with and influencing people that are maybe in the public eye and, and how has that maybe changed how you lead or pastor? Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, one of my favorite classes that, um, I heard about years ago, it's impacted me and I never took it. (laughs) And, and I saw the result of it in my friends. And that's a class called roots of character. Because I think your character is going to get exposed at some point. And so the only way that you can serve people well, whether they have a great amount of influence or a little amount of influence, is having great character. What is character? Discretion, discernment, having the ability to want more for people than from people. And I think that's just, you know, it gets really easy to serve people when you go, hey, I don't need anything from you. I'm here to be a servant in your life. I'm here to, you know, add value to your life. And I'm not going to leverage our relationship. I'm not going to monetize our relationship. You know, if, if you can do that with all of your relationships, if yeah. you come into a relationship of someone with wealth or someone with fame or someone with a huge you know, following, it's real easy because the roots of your character are already established. That's so good. You know, there's a uh, and I'll, I'll keep this vague so it's not uh, descriptive of anybody, but there was a. Uh, relationship that I had with a, what I would call a legacy family. And this was the grandson of a pretty famous individual. And, you know, he had a lot of people pulling on him, trying to get him to do this and and, and sponsor this and all these sorts of things. And um, I found myself in a meeting with him and we were about the same age. And I said, here's the deal. I'm never going to ask you for anything. I don't need anything from you. I'm just the guy who's going to be here on a bad day, on a good day. And, you know, you we go. started a relationship there and, uh, you know, and people would ask me, hey, you know, can you can I meet this guy through you and these sort of and I'm going, nope, you, you can't, nope. you know, <laughs> you just, sorry, it's just not how that works, you know, because I'm in that room and I know you found this in your own life. You're in that room because you're trusted. And if they yeah. feel like you're there for some other ulterior motives, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's the business guy down the street, if it's the mayor of your city, if it's your senior pastor at your church you know, you're there because you're trusted. And I think that character aspect that you brought up is so crucial. 
yeah, at the end of the day, we, we, you know, it's like when I first moved to LA, one of my buddies that came to church, he, you know, got baptized right in the early days of our church plant. He's got two big tattoos on his, on his forearms and one, the right side says leverage and the other side says monetize. And I said, tell me about these tattoos. He goes, oh, it's my life right there. It's my life. I leverage, I monetize. And I go, wow, my, my life is the exact opposite of life. Right. I serve and I protect you know, that's right. like our value. And I think that, you, you know, you brought up the word trustworthiness. I think that's just in your, in your relationships, you're either gaining trust or losing trust. Yeah. And it's so nuanced. What is it about people that in three seconds we go, I like them. Yeah. Trust them. Yeah. What is it about people that you go, I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll trust that guy. Yeah. So the, the spirit of who you are and the longevity of your life, the longevity of your relationship says so much. You know, I, I tell my teams, I say, I don't I don't trust you fully until we've had conflict because I yeah. want to see how you're going to work through that because it's easy for people to stick around when everything's going good. But when Jesus says, if you don't eat my body and, you know, drink my blood, then you can't have any part. And then, then everybody's like, whoa, <laughs> wait a whoa, minute, man. you know? And Whoa, so man. let's talk about this conflict piece, because this is where this is where the rubber meets the road in leadership. And I'm sure that, you know, offline, you and I could tell the the good, the bad and the ugly about how we've worked through conflict. And if you've been in business or in leadership or in ministry for any length of time, you probably have some horror stories of, man, I wish I would have done different here or how this went. But, you know, is there a process that you look at or that you share in this in this book that is going to that can help people work through you know, that, that real emotional side of, of uh, personal conflict within a, a, a working relationship? Yeah, well, I haven't faced conflict yet. I'm anticipating it uh, this year. No. It's just so <laughs> inevitable, right? It's just like, it's just so. And I think that we look at great leaders and we go, they must never face conflict. Well, the reality is in an old proverb where there are no oxen, the trough is clean. What's the Bible teaching us? If you have no body, you have no problems. <laughs> right. but the more people you have, the more problems you have. Yep. So, so we have to keep our hearts clean because we go more people equals more problems. But, you know, it's just more opportunities to bring clarification, to bring resolution. I have no problem with conflict. Like you're saying to your team, I have no problem with conflict. I only have a problem with people that can't bring conflict resolution. Yes, because we've, we've got to resolve our issues and agree to disagree or, you know, find a common ground and listen to the other person. So conflict is that thing that will keep you up in the night. Conflict is that thing that wears on you emotionally. I think that's why, you know, when everything happened with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and we saw the nation just be in an uproar, you know, I've never faced anything like that as far as feeling emotionally drained, listening to African-American people in our church and listening to white people that really didn't get it. And, you know, we want to live in harmony and live in peace, but that's just a utopia that we're not granted to live in. So we got to figure out how to have an emotional stability about ourselves that doesn't take everything so personal and really sees the issue most of the issues we deal with people are a symptom of the issue. So they're talking about one thing, but really right. they're dealing with another. So you got to have, in my opinion, to be a great leader, a real emotional health about you. Yeah. One thing that I've been, you know, just chewing on lately is, is really 
making sure that we're, especially in a pastoral role, that you're not uh, answering questions that people aren't asking. Yeah. You know, because when I, I find that, you know, sometimes my expectations and hope for the people I'm working with is is beyond maybe where they're at at that moment. And so I'm seeing their potential. I'm trying to call things out in them, but it's easy to rush people in that process. So talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, if you're if you're raising up and kind of discipling new leaders, uh, what is is what sort of mindset do you go into that with? And, and how do you kind of work through uh, the the uh, initial phases of really, you know, creating uh, a, a replication, you know, yet with their own unique identity, you know, in this in this new generation, this next leader that you're working with? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's such a great question because, you know, you it's like when you speak, you the first thing you want to do is know your audience. So if I'm going to work with somebody, the first thing I do is get to get to know them. You know, how, how are you? Where are you from? Tell me your story. Because the more they start to talk, the more a person talks, you see what's in their heart. And so you start to understand what needs to get healed, what needs to, you know, get shaped. What is the gifting that's on this person that yeah. we, we potentially could see them released into? So it's really about and that's why people skills are so critical, because. I've got to not just, you know, sit right down. I'll teach exactly what you need to know. I, I, <laughs> I've, I've been doing this 20 years to just take out your notepad. It's like, hey, Ted, thanks a lot, buddy. But that didn't do anything for yeah. me. I, I come from abuse. I went through the foster child system and I've, you know, I've already gone through a marriage and thanks, buddy. You know, I think we got to really lean into people's lives. Yeah. And it's a whole thing. You know, so, so many times we forget that Jesus was the master at this. He did the caught and the taught. So he put the disciples in his back pocket for three years. So they're catching stuff constantly. Yeah. But then he would sit them on the hill and he goes, hey, did you see what I did there? Yeah. Did you notice what I did right there? So he let them catch it, but then he also teach it. And I think that's what we got to do with people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, in, in this culture, I mean, especially during a time like this, that's a, that's a challenging thing because it's hard to have people in the same proximity to you to see all the way your decision making is and to see how you, you know, operate in these different things. And, and, you know, I think we all believe the world is at some point going to, you know, return to some state of whatever it was. Yeah. At some point, you know, and, and obviously, you know, I'm in a different, I'm in a different place here in, in Northern Indiana than you are in, in LA, you know, in terms of where that, you know, where that looks like, I mean, people are starting to get fairly comfortable here. Um, and, and it's, but that, that I think as you're going aspect to leadership, you know, it allows them to see you and it also allows you to see them in those unique situations, you know, where you really get to evaluate, you know, what I always say is that their character, their gifting and their calling in that process to see like, are really all three of those things harmonizing in a way that, um, that I can have confidence to kind of put that stamp of approval or release them in that next you know, sphere of, of influence in their lives or within my ministry or whatever that looks like. I love that. So well said. Well, I appreciate that. Do you, do you have, um, you know, is there within, you know, uh, within your ministry, is there, you know, what's the training programs look like as you're developing people? How do you guys do that? Yeah. So we, we have a leadership college, you know, that we try and bring students through. We'll start here in a couple of weeks. And then in addition to that, you know, we're just constantly trying to resource and train our volunteers. So we do a lot of leadership meetings and a lot of leadership curriculum and trying to invest into our teams and just highly relational, high touch uh, culture and community. 
and just try and make it intentional. You know, I do Bible studies with guys once a week and, you know, just try and let that model and that kind of lifestyle be, you know, infiltrated throughout our community. I love that. Uh, we got a couple minutes here left. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what sort of words of wisdom do you have for the church kind of in this new age that we're in of uh, a lot of digital, a lot of online, you know, dealing with, you know, all these aspects, you know, can you forecast anything that maybe the Lord's speaking to you or just from a leadership standpoint, some advice that you would have? Well, I, I just think, you know, life is, is, is about just going, hey, these are the cards I was dealt. I'm going to play them to the best of my ability. So right now we're all online. So let's play it to the best of our ability. Let's try and master the chats. Let's try and master the pre-show or the post-show and the you know engagement during the week. And you know we just chalked up five ways for our volunteers to serve, and cool. just really trying to bend over backwards to say we're not going to limit you just to serve on a chat on a Facebook. We're going to give other streams and avenues for you to serve. So. If this is our new normal and our new context, dominate it, you know, get creative. It's an old saying, but of course, necessity is the mother of invention. So we're, we're in this season. Let's crush. Let's be faith filled. Let's serve the Lord with gladness. Let's build his house and build his church. And let's see the opportunity and the good of it. Why bellyache? Why complain? Why, you know, I can't wait for us to get back in person. Okay. You might feel that way, but. Don't let that be the dominant attitude. Right. Why, why don't you be excited about trying to just go, hey, online church, we've never had people watch from Dubai before. We've never had people from Australia part of our community. Yeah. Well, how can Dubai and Australia really join your church? I would be thinking about that more than coming back in person. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, we just had we had somebody write us last week. They said, I started watching at, at uh, the initial phase of shutdown and quarantine and I've been watching every single week and, you know, want to come this time this week for the first time in person. I want to get baptized. And, you know, and it's those are the those that's why we do what we do. Right. You know, and it's you have those moments and the bigger your influence is, the more of those stories you get. Uh, But it starts with being faithful with the small things. And I think what your book is reminding us, being faithful with the people that God gives you, you know, and and really starting there. Uh, If you're if let's let's maybe, you know, final word here for. Uh, the person out there that, you know, they have some big dreams and big vision, but they're maybe they're starting a place where they just feel like I just have a little bit of influence here initially, you know, give that person a word of encouragement here today. Well, thank God that you got some influence. You know, I just always think life at the end of the day is about stewardship. The Bible says he supplies seed to the sower. So if you got influence, sow that influence. If you got reach, sow that reach. Sow what you have. So, you know, Jesus comes to these guys. He's like, what do you guys got? And they're like, uh, we just got a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. He's like, all right, give it to me. Yeah. Give God. I can only give to God what I have. And so give God, let God breathe on that. Let it, let him turn it into a miracle. Cause if you could be faithful with little influence, God can trust you with much influence. That's a biblical principle. And we live all of our lives by biblical principles. So I just encourage anybody out there, wherever you're at, start there and see what God can do with it. Awesome. The book is called Help. I Work With People, Getting Good at Influence, Leadership, and People Skills by author and pastor Chad Veach. Chad, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lucas Miles Show with my guest, Chad Veach. Make sure and head over to your favorite book outlet to purchase his book, Help. I Work With People, Getting Good at Influence, Leadership, and People Skills. Until next time.